You are listening to Improv Radio. Oh, yeah! Hello there, and welcome to Improv Radio. Um, so, as you can tell, this isn't Reese, this is Ben. Um, I've stepped in for Reese to host today's episode. Uh, he's off on holiday, um, so that's quite nice. Um, he'll be back sometime, probably. Um, John is also not here, you'll notice. Um, now, John, the reason John isn't here is he has accidentally gone to the moon, um, which is, you know, he, he went out for a packet of cigarettes about nine months ago, and just, he sent me a text the other day, and he was like, do you know how to get off the moon? So, uh, I don't. If you do, please write to us. Um, title the, the letter, I know how to get John off the moon, he's a moron. Um, anyway, on with the show. So, today, um, feel free to introduce yourself, sir. You are, you are me. Uh, my name's uh, Paul Hedgecliffe. Yeah, so Paul, um, now the reason you're here is you've recently written a book on right and thinking. Oh, uh, that's right. Uh, well, you say right, uh, it's, got, it's got about eight words, because those are what, what the words I know are. Okay, um, right, well, well, I was told you'd written a book, so we'll probably look through that later. And I look forward to it. And to my left, we have, uh, well, feel free to introduce yourself, sir. Um, hello, my name is uh, Thomas Medline. I am a, a writer and a, a reimaginer and an extraordinaire. Yeah, and you've recently um, directed your seminal uh, blockbuster. Um, so, yeah. in fact, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, that's right. Um, well, of course, my background is in, um, in theatre, is in musicals is in the stage but uh most traditionally i am the uh i i take famous plays and musicals and i make them performable for schools so you know anytime you're watching a show and you get a bit where it's like eh stick it up your bum i change it to hey stick it up your thumb just so that the kids can say it you know and um my latest my blockbuster work is i am Converting the uh, famous video nasty cannibal holocaust into a uh, a children's musical production extraordinaire. Yeah, uh, so you, I mean you've changed the title. Um, is it sort of the first thing you notice? So. Yes, I have. I've changed it to um, to Johnny's Fun Time in the Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, do you, do you wanna? We've got like a little clip actually. Of it. Um, so, do you want to sort of. We'll play the clip and then you can walk us through uh, sort of the changes you've made. Okay, so, um, first, I'm going to. Of course, we all know the infamous scene from Hannibal, Holoca- Hannibal Holocaust where um, Hannibal Lecter gets confused and wanders into the wrong film and kills and eats somebody uh, in the Brazilian jungle. And um, what we've done. I don't think that needs establishing, so we're just leaving it there. Yeah, well, is well, I'm going to play this clip, and for you to understand, this is Act Two, Scene Three, and in it, uh, Johnny has just found the magical kingdom, and he's uh, about to get brutally attacked with a chainsaw. So, uh, yeah, let's take it away. Oh my God, Johnny, is that the magical kingdom? I think he is, boy. I think he is. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 
And of course, at that point, it then goes into a 10-minute musical uh, medley of uh, the songs of the Who. Yeah, I mean, let's let's play a little bit of that as well. <laughs> Walking around with my chainsaw, gonna chop down a tree. Walking around with my chainsaw, not gonna cut my knee. Oh, I am wearing all the safety protocol. I've got my goggles, I've got my shoes, and I've got my gloves. Quadrophenia. Okay, so as you can yeah. see, we took a few liberties with the original lyrics it's, and tunes of the Who's well, music. Well, I was going to say, it's, it's interesting that you've taken the, who, the, the Who's music and, and lyrics and sort of changed that too. Yeah, uh, but we do keep in the word quadrophenia. That is actually uttered 32 times in the show per hour. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's a, it's a four-hour-show. And uh, apparently it was spelled wrong. What I tried to write was, um, Blonde's Nightmare. And look at that. What do so you read? You were trying to, so you were trying to, the title you sort of originally wanted was Blonde Nightmare. Blonde Nightmare, yeah. And, and you've accidentally spelt it, The Crazy Adventures of Me in My Journey into Spain. It's quite, it's quite a, a, a yeah, it's quite a long title for what I thought it was going to be. Quite a long title, yeah. It's, um, uh, it's interesting that you've spelled your own name as well, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, was that sort of a deliberate um, sort of marketing ploy? Well, actually, uh, I have a double barrel last name. So my name is Paul Henchcliffe, J.K. Rowling. Ah, but I what see. happened was I just forgot the first uh, first parts of my name. You forgot uh, Paul Henchcliffe, but yeah. Yeah, um, so looking through the book, um, it, it sort of, the first page is, is interesting, certainly. Um, it's, it's, it's a piece of artwork. Is it, is it your own artwork? It is. Yeah, and maybe for the viewers at home, could you just describe sort of what it is? Right, well I've got it here in front of me, and what I've got is a big red circle, right? And I've got a bit of a brown sprig coming out of the red circle, and what it is, uh, Ben, it's, it's an it's a apple. Yeah, um, and that's like, like a symbol for my for my life. Okay, so it's quite it's a powerful imagery. Some would say Thank interesting, um, but it's not the cover that you've rather chosen to put it on the first page of the book. That's right. Uh, if you were if you look through the book, uh, you will notice that there are more pictures than words, and that's because I, I know more pictures than words. So. Yeah. Uh, they they say that of course a picture is worth a thousand words. So how does that translate into your only understanding eight of them? Are there nine hundred ninety two unused words per picture? Well, some might say, but uh, the way I take that is to mean that my book is eighty thousand pages long, words long. <laughs> it's also eighty thousand pages long. <laughs> it is. Most of these pages are blank. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly. I mean, I I think it's very impressive that you've actually released it as thirty volumes, um, but only the first half of the first volume actually sort of has any content. That's right. It's because uh, I want to come back and I want to write it, but I, I, I'm also really well, I'm poor, really. I really want the money now. Yeah. So what I was thinking is, oh, uh, once I make the money, I will go uh, find these people and write the book. It's quite, quite interesting, actually. As an autobiography, have you left those 29 and a half books sort of on the assumption that, you know, that your life is... Obviously, we're always learning, we're always growing, we're always doing new things. So, I mean, do, do you think yourself you'll be able to fill 29 and a half books with, with your new adventures, with your new journey? I should think so, because I'm quite a young man. I'm only 63. So, I think I've got at least 80 years. So even after I fill those books, maybe I, I will have to release more. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there, I suppose it's possible. Certainly. Um, I, 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 I know that. I, I'm sorry. I, I know that this is actually not my show. I'm not the interviewer here. But is it okay if I ask a question? Yeah, of course. No, please go. Uh, I just wanted to know the logistics behind. Um, if something else happens to you, do you plan to go round every person who has a copy of the book, take it back, write in it by hand what's happened next, and then uh, give it back to them? That is correct. So, yeah. I mean, how, how many, if you don't mind me asking, how many copies have you sold of the book so far? I certainly don't mind you asking. Well, well we're not doing so well at the moment. You know, it only came out a year ago. Uh, but. I can confirm that four people have already purchased the book. That's, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, hopefully many more. Maybe the listeners will. Um, where, where's it available? But you can buy it on uh, Audible. It's not It's not an audio book. It's just... I, I got a bit confused. I was trying to sell it on Amazon. And, uh, you know, same old story. Both begin with A, I suppose, yeah. And have you thought about uh, just trying to sell it through all of the Amazon markets, perhaps having your book available via Twitch? I have not considered that, no. Ah. I, I don't know whether anyone sells books via Twitch yet, so it could be a new thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe, maybe it's something for my marketing department to look into. Oh, do you, do you, I mean, you've actually got a marketing department. Well, I've got, I've got a room. And okay. uh, when I go in the room, I put on a hat and pretend my name is Joseph. Good. Uh, well, right. So, um, moving back to, to yourself. Hello. Um, so, you know, you've obviously got sort of your, your latest blockbuster. I think probably what most people, what I certainly knew you for, um, was your your sort of your first film, really. Ah, yes. Um, back when, uh, uh, of course, fans of me, Richard Madeline, writer, reimaginer, extraordinaire. Five for two and proud of it. Uh, will know me for my early work where instead actually what I would do is take children's um, adaptations of musicals and turn them into films for adults. Yeah, yeah. So I, of course, um, I took the original, um, the children's draft of Bugsy Malone and um, turned it into um, a piece that I was very proud of. It was all about... Um, marijuana sales and um, full frontal uh, anal penetration and it was called Nugsy Mabone 
and um, yeah, it was it was a seminal work. Many people I heard um, threw up in the cinema. Yeah, I mean, I, well, from I was, the poster alone. I, I was going to say actually, obviously, the poster famously was a, a full uh, a full sort of A5 piece uh, of, of full frontal nudity. It was uh, with um, no words. The uh, thing was, it was actually. People thought it was something sexual. I am here to prove it wrong. I'm here to pr- confront my critics and say, no, that was a photo taken from my colonoscopy. I just happened to get completely naked because I'm not having a pipe up my ass if I've got shorts on. I mean, am I right, lads? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Um, so, so, I mean, that, that film um, obviously courted a lot of controversy. When, when it first opened, not just for the for the poster, but also, I mean, a lot of cinemas actually banned it. Mm. Um, I mean, you you've never really spoken about that, or you know, do do you think they were right to ban it? I mean, it's been called it was filthy, uh, depraved. I didn't like it. It um, was it was ahead of its time. It was the 1950s. I had the first ever lip on lip kiss shown in cinema. And people just were not ready for that. They said it looked almost like the tongues touched. I said, no, it was just lip on lip. There was no tongue. I am not a poivet. I actually, funnily enough, um, the role of Bugsy Malone was played by a wonderful actor, uh, the uh, father of Angus Young from ACDC, Will. Um, uh, He was a wonderful actor. Beautiful voice, voice like an angel. He was yeah. uh, he was marvelous, and I have to tell you, he did wonders. Considering my script actually involved what I did was uh, I using the first computer took the script to Bugsy Malone, Control and Act, and just changed words. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Famously, you didn't go to Will Young's funeral. I um, did not. Um, and, and at the time when the funeral took place, I believe you described him, and I'm quoting now, as a piece of, well, it's not probably not broadcastable, but um, you certainly said you'd never work with him again, and you did think that he was the worst person you knew, including, and again I am quoting now, including Muffles, the, the guinea pig. Oh, do not get me started on Muffles. Um, Muffles and I got into some trouble. So, uh, there I was. The year is 1978. Me, Muffles, Slobodan Milosevic, and the man who nearly got the role of R2-D2 were on a boat near the, uh, the Costa Rican islands. And, um, there we were, on this boat, in international waters. So I propose what anyone would in international waters, which is a game of Russian roulette, but only using real bullets. No blanks. Because you gotta do it. It's international waters. Yeah, I mean, you... Obviously at the time, and I mean, some would say still now, you sort of famously did see someone be shot. Obviously you were never charged for it. It was in international waters. I mean, do you think, you know... You're saying it was your idea. I mean, do you think that actually... I mean, do you regret it? Do you regret suggesting that you play Russian roulette? 
but not have any blanks. No, I, I don't regret it, and I'll tell you why. It's because I very wisely suggested I go after Muffles and Will. So that I didn't die because they already had. Yes. And I knew Slabberden wasn't going to uh, shoot himself because he had his trial for war crimes. Yeah. And uh, he could not turn up to court. That'd be trouble. Yeah. So I'm yeah. a bit a bit confused. So you got this guinea pig, right? Muff yeah. Muffles, yeah. Oh, um, wonderful actor. Uh, Muff Muffles, the guinea pig, yeah. he picked up a gun and with his thumb. Ah, okay, so I guess, um, to be fair, you might have missed this. Muffles' guinea pig was actually, it, it wasn't a guinea pig, it was a name for, for an actor. Oh, that, he was, um, yeah, Muffles the guinea pig was not a guinea pig. No, he was he was a capuchin monkey. And uh, he was just called the guinea pig because they did so many animal testings on him before he became an actor. Oh, in uh, fact, uh, can I ask, uh, what shampoo do you use? Oh, this is L'Oreal. Uh, yes, that w that was Muffles. You're wearing what Muffles tested right now. Yeah. Well, I, I feel honored to say the least. Yeah. Um, so, if if you don't mind, uh, well, I think you sort of you have rounded up your points very well and, and, and sort of tried to justify yourself, have justified yourself. Um, we'll move move back to yourself and um, back to the book. Hopefully. Uh, I mean, in, so the book starts with your your school days. Um, now, you know, is that based on? Sort of, I have seen. I know that you said that it's not an audio book by Audible, but you have actually recorded some of it on um, on YouTube and, and released it on Twitter. Um, so we've got a, a short clip of the first chapter. Um, could you? Well, what we'll do, we'll play it, and then maybe you could walk us through your your school days and, and perhaps what you thought. Right, I should point out, even though it's eight words long, the person recording it, Harry Enfield, uh, he took some artistic liberties, so it's not exactly my work. So, yeah, I mean, the, the audible book is more than eight words. It is. Okay. Well, we'll play it now, and uh, maybe you can walk us through a little bit afterwards. There I am! <laughs> It's the first day of school. I've got, I've got my little uniform on. You wouldn't believe it. It was so small. I thought, I think it got this shrunk in the wash or something. And, oh, it was mental. Uh, but I put it on anyway. And it come just below my nipples, the jumper. But it was alright. I was young. I didn't know it was a bit silly. So I went to school. And there I was. I met, met, met some <laughs> I Okay. Was, Harry! Uh, Harry, what are you doing? Well, I'm just record, recording that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Harry! Have you ever noticed how... You're called Harry Enfield, and I'm from Enfield. But it's me, Paul Whitehouse. I'm from Enfield, and your name's Enfield, but you're not. It's so it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that sort of. First of all, it's interesting that Harry Enfield felt the need to do a voice <laughs> for the. I mean, is that was that something that you yourself sort of suggested to Harry? Uh, no, I did not. I did not commission the. Uh, so the audio book. So it's something he took upon himself. Also, also interesting that midway through he didn't stop the recording. To, to, obviously, his famous sort of his famous luminary, Paul Whitehouse, clearly comes in, and then for the next forty minutes they have quite a long conversation. But that does make up the majority of the audio. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so that I mean that's obviously the audio book of the of 
of the, your actual book. Um, now, most of it, as you've said, is pictures, but I, I mean, that is sort of the first chapter, uh, your school date. Um, I mean, did you feel like you should really write anything more about your school days, or, or did you feel that rounded most of it up? Well, actually, uh, it, it, it would be very hard to, um, to make my school days last for a long time, because actually, um, my school days were, I think, I think I got to the second lunchtime. I think, I believe, um, I've got your book here, well, I've got the volume one anyway, um, and I believe I'm quoting when I say, um, so uh, this is what you've actually written in the book, school, lunch, day one. Um, now it's interesting that you've written half the words in the entire book <laughs> in in the first sentence, which some would say probably isn't really a sentence per se. I mean, was that a, a deliberate artistic choice to to write in that style? What it was is I I started too fast. It's like when you're running a marathon, you cannot sprint. Yeah, no, no, you've got to pace yourself exactly. Yeah, and I did not I did not take my own advice, and I ran in there. Boom, 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 forwards. Suddenly, I was, I was just tired, you know. So I could only get out four more. I mean, it is. What is quite interesting actually is you begin obviously with half the words in the entire book, but certainly of all the of all the content in the book, in the first half of volume one, you've actually ended with the other four words. Um, so if you could read them out, and I think that'll be a nice sort of round off for for you know, the book. And then. Uh, a. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, I've got an artistic question. Uh, did you feel like you ought to be telling the audience what you ate? Or... Well, that's why I've got this picture. A lot of people say this looks like a daft clown. but um... Yeah, it's certainly what I... I'm going to be honest with you here. I'm going to open up with you. That is what I thought it was. Um, so apologies about that. Well, could you tell us what it is? It's not, not a clown. Well, it's quite understandable people think it's a clown because it's actually uh, Angel Delight shaped as a clown. Ah, mm. ah. Did you feel sort of that you maybe could have explained that in the book or do you feel the picture does it justice? I feel, uh, like our good friend here said, it's worth 1,000 words. Why would I add to that? That's a lot of words. Yeah. I, I mean, I look at this picture and I clearly see an angelic being pleasuring themselves. So I got the subtext. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for that. I'm going to be honest. I I do mostly still see a clown, but I think you you sort of pointed out uh, pointed out that it is an angel's light shaped like a clown. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, uh, so obviously this is sort of your your main work, or the, certainly your first published work as a full novel. Um, but you are, of course, quite famous for your very short stories. Um, how did they come about? I mean, when did you start doing them? Well, I wrote my first story maybe when I was um, 40, 40, 41. 44, yeah, okay. Um, and I was, um, I was sat in the pub and um, I drank, drank my beer and there was, um, there was this thing under the beer, it was not the table. There was something in between the beer and the table. Like a coaster. A, a coaster. Coaster, yeah. And the coaster, it said... Um, it says Carlsberg, probably the best beer in the world. Yeah. I don't know who made it, but I sold that. That was my first story. It's interesting that um, Carlsberg, probably the best beer in the world, obviously has eight words in it. 
And it's interesting that every single one of your short stories afterwards has also only had eight words in it. Um, so we've got one here, when I think you were 55 or so, entitled The Clown. Um, do you want to read it out for us? Uh-oh. <laughs> That's, it's actually very interesting that you've written, uh-oh. Ha, 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 ha. Um, that uh, short story has been described as not a short story. <laughs> um, <laughs> rather just a series of words. Um, do you want to tackle that criticism head on now? Before you do, can I just ask, is it based on the cloud from your picture of Angel Delight? No, this is a completely this separate different one. Different okay. But it is a true story. Is, but yes, it, please. Uh, oh, is it, I mean, the, the way I've sort of read it is, I mean, is it, do you, is it about a fear of clouds? I mean, uh-oh, ha, 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 ha. Is, I mean, you know, what, what does it represent? It was not a fear of clowns, or you, you may be onto okay. something. Um, it's, it's a fear of a specific clown. Oh, why? Why? So, who was that clown? I mean, did they? You know, was it a real person that you knew in your life? It was. It was a boy called Jeremy uh, in my one and a half days at school. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting that forty-six years later, you, you felt like you want to tackle it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> we were we were in the playground, and uh, this boy Jeremy he comes up to me. And he says, hey, Paul, you dropped your gay card. And I looked, and then suddenly I was gay. And that's what... <laughs> he was a clown. He late, he, like, he, went, he went on to be a clown, or age four, he was a clown. He was a clown like a class clown. Ah, oh, I see. Um, and then every... The day after that, when I went back to school for the final time, um, he said, hey, Paul, I just cried. Okay. I did not know what would happen. Have you, have you spoken to him since, in the intervening years? Um, interestingly, uh, he has contact me, contacted me since Uh Oh Ha 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 came out <laughs> um, to give his apologies. Okay. He realised it was about him from the words. <laughs> uh Oh Ha 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 Ha. Well, you see, um, <laughs> it's because he said, Hey, Paul, you dropped your gay card, and I looked. And I, I said, uh-oh. And Jeremy, if you can believe it, he said, ha-ha-ha-ha. He ha, didn't ha. actually laugh. He just said the <laughs> words. Ha-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest. What um, what we've done, we've actually got Jeremy on the phone right now. Oh, I haven't spoken to him for 65 years. <laughs> you released, so we tried to contact you, but you refused. You refused to speak to him. He sent a text message to my daughter. Oh, I see. I didn't realise you had a daughter. Um, I see. That's, we'll, we'll discuss that later. Um, so we've got him on the phone now. Um, I'll pass you over uh, if oh. you want. Um, uh, hello? Yeah, well. <laughs> it's Jeremy! <laughs> oh, hi, Jeremy. Um, I, I hear you, you read my short story. Uh, yeah, the clown! I, know, I, did, I, I, I sent your daughter a text because I wanted to apologize. <laughs> I'm just sorry! Jeremy, I do not know if I can accept your apology. That was a very dark time. I, but um, I'm wondering, how, you, how did you get the number of my daughter? 
Jeremy, hello. It's uh, it's Richard Madeline Ryder, Reimagine Extraordinaire. <laughs> yep. I'm your oh, you, fan. oh, you you know, but I I have to say I'm a fan of your work. The you dropped your gay card prank. <laughs> that was marvelous. I've never heard of such ingenuity. I would like to buy the rights to your prank. Uh, uh, to, to be honest with you, I'm I'm not that proud of it. I'm just... I'm really sorry. I am willing to offer you upwards of $75 for the rights to make a feature-length movie musical for kids of your prank. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, you're going to be rich, buddy. Oh, thanks so much. You're you're truly what they say. What do they say? But But you're great. Oh, thank you. Well, okay, I guess I'll see you at Christmas if you're visiting my daughter. Yeah, okay, bye! Bye-bye. Wow, I mean... Wow. Yeah, I mean, interesting, brave move. Um, But you've you've offered him the the money for the the rights to the story. Yeah. Um, That's... Wow. You see, uh, I'm going to let you in on a little uh, trade secret here. Um, I offered him... $75 $75 or upwards there. What he doesn't realize is he's getting $75 and two cents, oh. which is nearly a few million dollars short of what's normally paid to for the rights to a real life story. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a great deal. So. And uh, I've made my biggest fan happy. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, yeah. No, because I'm I'm subscribed to your YouTube channel. Oh yes. Uh, and, um, are you on about the one where I do my weekly workouts and also provide protein-heavy uh, carb-light meals? That is correct. And this yeah. One time you were talking about um, trying to get the rights to a gay card uh, story. I did not realize that the two stories were actually the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, quite, neither did I. So funnily enough, I actually I got into this industry to try and purchase the rights to the story. I didn't even realize it was you. What a I, I would love to know some more details. So, um, this uh, gay card, what kind of stock was it printed on? Oh, well, actually, um, uh, the gay card was uh, not uh, was not in physical. Oh, um... The, the trick is, the trick is, um, I hope you can follow, um, he points to the floor. Yeah? And there you go, instinctively you have looked down. So right. he's playing with your instincts, it's a very mean prank, it plays with your innate, um... Yeah, your innate humanity and, and your likelihood to, yeah. to always assume Wait, the sorry, best what, what was that? Humor, humor what? <coughs> humanity. Hu- no, I don't know that. What's okay. that? Uh... I'll, I'll, I'll explain later. Okay. But what they've done it, um, he makes you uh, question uh, trust. It questions your innate um, desire to look at uh, something that's pointed, and it destroys you as a human. And suddenly, oh, your instincts do not exist anymore. I understand completely. So I I can relate to this. 1983, me, Omar Sharif, Jody Foster, and a young. <laughs> Adrian Childs <laughs> Cinco de Mayo and 
If you're wondering, we'd polished up almost 14 bottles of mezcal and it was not even 8.45 a.m. And anyway, so, Adrian looks at me and he says, Richard. And I say, is my name Richard? I thought it was Thomas. And then I get confused. And then I start to wonder what my name is. And then he says, exactly. And then they spend the rest of the trip laughing at me because I can't remember to this day if my name is Richard or Thomas. I mean, that was very insightful, Richard. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, well. So if anyone out there has my driver's license, please could you text me what my name is? Thank you. Um, so, so to go back um, to, to the short stories, if you don't mind. Um, I, I mean, sort of your, your latest one before this sort of autobiography, before this novelisation, um, you released your your sort of your last short story called Ending. Um, could you, well, first of all, could you read through it, and then you know we'll sort of. I, What's it all about, really? Um, okay, I, I will read. Um, it is... Uh-oh! Bye-bye. I'm going away now. And um, it, it was um, an ode to uh, a dear old friend. Okay. Well, a father. Um, you see, my mother, she is Norman. And uh, my father is uh, Russian, which explains my... Uh, Flip floppy accent. <laughs> <laughs> Go some way to describe to explain it, yeah. <laughs> and um uh my father um he he was in the house, okay, and um and I said, Father, father, uh can I have a packet of crisps? There was no answer. I thought he was dead. God, wow. So this uh story uh, explains my feelings. And what maybe he would, he would be thinking if actually he, he was dead, or he is not. So, so your father's not dead, but this is sort of your your way of expressing the grief that you felt for that brief moment when you formed your father. Yes, it was also almost in preparation and also to help uh, readers get over their losses. Hell yeah. Um, Powerful my, stuff. My father, he is alive and well. Uh, he is working in, um, um, in finance, um, giving advice to banks on where to keep their money because no. they used to keep it uh, in a fish pond or something and uh, now they keep it in a can I ask I'm sorry I, I know once again you are the interviewer yeah, no no please go um, this dialogue is yes. great very, no uh, I just wanted to uh, no. how old were your parents when they had you it's, yeah I mean you, you of course you're 63 yeah. so your father to still I'm, be working I'm, is I'm glad you think I'm 63 I'm, I am in my Why did you say earlier that you were 63? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh did I? <laughs> it is uh, a slip of the tongue, I suppose. I am 83. So, I get my so, so once again comes the question, how old is your father? Uh, so my parents had me when they were in their 40s. I've actually, once they were financially stable. I've, got, I've actually got your father on the, on the phone now. Um, and, you know, I just sort of wanted you to... Um, we've got him on the phone and... And he's just—he's got something that he wants to say to you. He's obviously—he's very proud about the novel. Um, so I'll, I'll pass him over now. You all right, Dad? Hey, come on! Throw it up. Time means money, and money means money. Come on! Tap, 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 tap. How's the hip? 
The hip? Don't talk to me about the hip. Come on, we gotta make some money around here. Put 73 on stocks on balls. Bye. Obviously, your famous <laughs> Russian banker father. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> I mean, it, sort of interestingly, you've described before, you've said in interviews before, that you felt that your parents, um, sort of, as because they were quite old when they had you, you've always you've said or you have said in the past that you felt that perhaps your upbringing was slightly different to to your sort of your people growing up around the same time down the street as you. Obviously, you only went to school for a day and a half, <laughs> um, and not you know you've said in the past that obviously you saw them going to school and, and you didn't. Mm. Um, you know, do you, I mean, do you regret that? Or, or you know, do you feel that it was sort of something which has made you the person you are today? Or in a way, I think it's really good to have old parents because your upbringing is very unique. When um, I am sharing diapers with my parents, uh, the other children <laughs> are playing hopscotch with this. You know, um, I mean, they were forty. <laughs> so many games with, sure. with my parents but uh, <laughs> I, I had a closeness that was like no other relationship okay okay well thank you so much and for that very insightful thought now moving back <laughs> to yourself hello Richard Madline rider yeah. reimagine extraordinaire yeah so <laughs> card carrying member of the uh, church of Scientology <laughs> Yeah, so... Skim off at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to confront the controversy surrounding your recent marriage. Um, I, I do need to confront this, and I actually do need to apologise to a number of people. Uh, it turns out that a marriage to the uh, the 1980s hit Play That Funky Music White Boy by Black Lace. It's not legally binding to marry a piece of music. Um, but you see, I thought it was the easiest way to obtain the rights to it for uh, <laughs> my latest extravaganza. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road for kids on Broadway. How did you um, how did you marry this song? Did you have a ceremony? Uh, yes. What I did was um, I I got a copy of it on vinyl, and I put a pair of googly eyes and one of those sweets that are shaped like a pair of red lips on oh, it. I see. And uh, then we just went through the wedding ceremony as per normal. I I read my vows. Uh, and so you. The other vows were just the lyrics to play that funky music, White Boy. Uh, and so your family who were there, did they, did they know it was a record? Did you keep this, was this out in the open? Did you pretend it was a lady? Uh, yes, what I did was I, I bought a, a wedding dress uh, from a shop and I filled it with pillows so it looked like it was a human lady. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks for that. Um, what, so we're going to play a short piece of music now. 
And when we come back, um, we'll continue these um, incredibly interesting conversations. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Um, we'll be back in a minute. I'm R2D2, and I listen to Improve Radio every day. Beep, boop. <laughs>
Myself, Richard Madeline, Ryder, Reimagina, Extraordinaire, Golden State Killer. I um I actually didn't hear anything because um well let me explain to you how I heard it first. Um I was on my Instagram stories as I often am between the hours of twelve oh four and twelve oh seven. And um <laughs> I saw this thing pop up. What do you hear, Laurel or Yanni? I didn't hear either <laughs> because I had my phone on silent. So I, I haven't heard it yet. You haven't, you haven't yeah. heard it. Yet. I didn't go back and listen because uh, I, I couldn't be bothered. Okay, fair enough. Um, fair enough. Good, good to know. Richard. Thanks for that. Uh, so um, another, another sort of famous news, I suppose, is in the yesterday. <laughs> in other famous news, of course, <laughs> recently, um, recently there's been the royal wedding, hasn't there? Um, so, <laughs> why, why do you say better? Are you a, a fan of the royals yourself? Well, I, I just think that the royal wedding is better than a royal, uh, I don't know, funeral or cake party or something. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Richard, um, you famously, of course, haven't been invited. Um, Quite famously, I, uh, you, you, I, I would say sort of. Um, I suppose the best way to describe it is, you said some controversial comments on Twitter um, when when the guest list was announced, and obviously you were not on there. Well, of course, um, you see, I I have to be honest. I I I did blow things a tiny bit out of proportion. I mean, the mere fact that currently. 
I'm actually not meant to be in the United Kingdom because of the reasoning I wasn't invited to the wedding. Being that of, of course, as you know, I am responsible for um, that tidal wave that destroyed Plymouth in the 80s. Um, yeah, I mean, how? <laughs> is well, I think the question all about that. Okay, so. Thing. This is a, a fantastic story of old Hollywood. So there it was. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I've seen, I've seen the documentary. Oh, yeah. So, so you know how it started. 1987. So, in fact, we, we'll yeah. play a clip from the documentary. Okay. Um, you, of course, ostensibly played yourself in the documentary. <laughs> in the so documentary? In the documentary, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm here with... <laughs> <laughs> It's me, Richard Madeline, rider, reimaginer, extraordinaire, inventor of the shake weight. Uh, Mr. Tidal Wave. Yes. I'd like you to introduce you to myself and my good friends, Hugh Bonneville, uh, Bill Gates, uh, and the, the, the unicorn from the, from the English uh, logo. Mm, it's nice to meet you all, see? <laughs> Better not exacerbate things. Hey, I'm hey. not gonna make it to the coast. Tidal wave. I bet you seventy four dollars that uh, you can't destroy Plymouth. Well, that sounds that sounds like a bet. It does, doesn't it? You know what, Richard and Bill Gates and <laughs> Richard and, Gates, and what? unicorn and. and Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself. <laughs> you, oh, got, no. you got yourselves a bet. Here I go. <laughs> yes, having great time. You oh my god, it's that way! Yeah. And of course, uh, that was the last time anyone saw Plymouth. But it wasn't fully missed because in its way it was built New Plymouth. A town of 100 monorails and two cafes. End clip. Um, yeah. Uh, <coughs> yeah, an interesting clip. I mean, certainly. It was heavy on the dramatization. <laughs> yeah. I, I, felt, I, uh, I felt it was a little... It, it reduced um, how heroic I was. Because um, see, the thing was, at the time, Plymouth was on fire. So I was just trying to put out the fire. They do not even um, mention this in the documentary. They do, they do not mention the fire. They do not mention the fire. I mean, the thing is, no one mentions the fire because it's a well-known fact. In the 1987, fire was invisible. Um, so Plymouth didn't realize it was on fire. So I was just trying to get this tidal wave to do the right thing and put it out. I had no idea that the tidal wave was then going to... Uh, Hire a small army of bulldozers to destroy <laughs> the entire rest of the town. 
so, did you ever pay the title title Um, no. Well, interesting, me, Richard. We have on the phone now oh. <laughs> that tidal wave. Um, I'll, I'll pass you over. Terry, is that you? Yeah, sounds to me like you owe me $37, boy. <laughs> okay, I'll put $19 in the post. No, 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 it's not enough. In fact, there is interest now. 38 Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. Bye. bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> uh, uh, Good Terry, guy. Terry the tidal wave there. <laughs> oh, Terry uh, famously, tidal wave. Famously, the tidal wave that destroyed Plymouth in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I still feel like it is very prejudiced the royals to not invite me to the wedding, because if it hadn't been for me, New Plymouth never would have been built with its 100 monorails and two cafes. True, true, um, yeah, very true. Um, now you've uh, famously, well, recently, sort of written an ode to the new couple. I have uh, the royals. Um, of course, you you have written it um, using only letters beginning with P. Um, do you want to read it out and, and tell us your, you know, what it's all about and, and your 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 artistic impression of it? I guess I will read it now. Please provide proof. Pictures, please. Please, please. Yeah. Um, of I, course. Because I do not I do, I do not think this wedding exists. I think it's on for the tourists. I don't think now, it's a real ceremony. I'd like to ask why you decide to change so rapidly and go for a seven-word story this time. Oh, I did not read the final please. Please accept my apologies. Please, please, please. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um... I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, what do you say to the fact that there are widespread pictures of the royal wedding now? Did you write? Did you write the poem sort of before the the pictures were available? Or no, no, I still, I still do not believe these pictures are real. They are plainly photoshopped. If you look at this one here, Benjamin, uh, you can see that um, this lady, she, um, she's a very pretty lady, but. If you look in the background, um, I've drawn a little uh, spider. I don't think the spider was there. And of course, if if you look, the can't, que- can't argue with that. The, the question enough. is, why does the photo appear to be taken from both the grassy knoll and also from lower down at the lower ridge? And why can you not see the photographer on the grassy knoll? And what about the explosions at the base of the church? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, slightly, slightly different sort of. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of a very yeah. different royal wedding. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was on about the wedding of um, Princess uh, Carolyn, the cat from Project Horseman, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to um, to uh, uh, Adrian Brody, the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, famously, you did attend that wedding. Yes, I did, and oh boy. Did I get kicked out? So, yes, anyway, the point is that I do not believe that the wedding actually took place. I think it is a show for, uh, for American bodies, uh, uh, something like this. Um, I think that uh, if they were to have a real wedding, we would not know about it. Okay, okay. Uh, two very interesting views on the royal wedding. I think, uh, I think the listeners will agree. Uh, Richard and well, my, my two guests have been discussing uh, the the film um, that Richard wants to make of this gay card story and um, I think actually 
rather amazingly uh, creative piece of genius has occurred. Um, so Richard, do you want to just explain what, what you've been discussing in the brain? Well, I do have good news for you all, and uh, I've been on the phone with your uh, schoolyard friend, who I, I don't remember his name, but I want to say Jeffrey. It's a, it was um, something with that. <laughs> we'll go with that. I can't be bad to roll back the tape. Um, and uh, yes, I've been chatting with him on via text, and I've been chatting with you, and I have finished the musical. Yeah, I mean, you, uh, shall we? We can hear a song. You've written the music, and well, you've can, of course, uh, done the lyrics. Of course. Uh, yes, um, and I would like to uh, stress this now that um, if any Hollywood producers are listening, then I am open to working with you. But I do wish to retain control of all the film, merchandising, including action figures, snacks, and um, edible vitamins. And also that, uh, yes, that I will not be willing to compromise on the full frontal nudity. Okay, yeah. Not for the actors, just for me. So, yeah, well, of course, you do famously direct completely in the buff. I do. Um, so we've got we've got the uh, the piano in the studio. Um, so if you want to go and uh, sort of set up, uh, okay, and I'll have a brief word. Um, so you know, how do you feel about the, uh, the this sort of quite sort of clearly quite traumatizing event in your uh, childhood being made into a Hollywood blockbuster? You you have actually not retained any commercial rights. No, and actually I have received no payments or anything like this. Um, he tells me he's going to plug my book at some point in one of the songs, but I don't know if he's even going to do it. Okay, well, I mean, to be honest, I think the song playing now is is actually a, a dramatization of the uh, of, of the event, but also a quick plug for the book you, you're actually you know selling currently. So... Um, We'll see. Um, I mean, you know, are you are you happy that you've resolved your issues with uh, with Jeremy? Well, I wouldn't so much say they were resolved. Uh, I still I still do not want to accept his apology, even though he offers it. Um, I just think it was a very bad thing to do to a good person, and um, I was very young, and yeah. I don't know where my life might be now if I did not look for this make believe gay card. Yeah, yeah, true, very true. I mean, how, how do you feel about him dating your daughter? Because that was something he revealed on this show. Uh, yes, I haven't had much time to process it, but I think um, it, it might be okay. Um, it's a separate issue. He is a different person. Okay, because awesome. he is a different person does not mean I have to accept his apology. No, no, I mean, I, yeah, obviously, he, I, you know, one would hope that as you have, he's grown up um, and, and is now sort of perhaps a different person to he was when he was four. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, um, I think a question on all of our lips is: you you rarely talk about your family and um, and your daughter. I mean, are, are you close with your daughter? Um, well, I was very close to my daughter for the first, uh, you know, when she was born, and um, I have seen her on several occasions. I see her at Christmas time. Um, in fact, I think the last time I saw her, maybe it wasn't last Christmas, maybe two or three Christmases ago. Um, the problem is she lives too far away. Okay. Uh, she, where does she live? She lives in uh, Leeds. Right. And you, of course, live in Bradford. That's right. Um, so it is too far. I do not have a car. It's 40, maybe even 45 minutes on the bus. 
more like a butt and that's what I think um, uh, a family love can be sometimes it's more of a butt it's just there yeah powerful powerful imagery and uh, powerful stuff um, so we're now going to cut to or sort of, you know hear the song hear the song it's just been written in the studio um, for this so for your new film Richard um, please yeah um, I would like to explain first that uh I know it was promised that I would be playing it on piano, but I've just made a last-minute decision to uh, capture the raw energy of the uh, schoolyard by using all objects you would find in the schoolyard, namely a harmonica, bongo, and glockenspiel, which is a purely artistic decision and nothing to do with that. For some reason, it seems the uh, the actual piano was not working. That is nothing to do with it. That's just a coincidence. Yeah. Um, so if I could, um, I will cue you in for your harmonica solo if you'd like. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, if I could get from you just like a bum 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 Dropped your gay card. Oh, well, I guess I'm going to look down. Wait a minute. There is my gay card. A up, because I'm also northern. Ah, there was nothing on the floor. Oh, no. Shot story in 43 years time. Thank you, thank you. Powerful, 
powerful stuff. Um, thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining me. Of course, always. Um, it's been a delight. I think we've learned a great deal. Um, and, and frankly, I'm incredibly pleased that you two got to meet each other. Um, it sounds like you sort of met almost previously. Very um, almost, several times. Huh? It's very, yes. very few, yeah, several times. Uh, and uh, a big influence on each other's life as well. That's right. And I would like to say right now, if you're listening, Susan, I still love you. Okay, thanks for that, Richard. Um, it's, so it's goodbye uh, from from me. And so long, it's so by, so long for me, uh, Paul Hinchcliffe. Please buy my book. I'm, I'm I live in a box. And as we say in the theatre, goodbye. Yeah. Thanks very much. Bye. Improve. Improve. Improve.